0: Podcast where two adults dive into young adult books in order to discuss how their appeal transcends age and other boundaries. My name is Corinne. I'm Tasia. And today we are back after a very long hiatus (laughs) to talk about, not a book, as I just said in that intro. Uh, We are going to be talking about Shadow and Bone Season 2. Woo! Ah! Um, If you have listened to the podcast before, you know that we covered all of the Grishaverse books previously on this podcast and also covered uh, Shadow and Bone season one with our friends, Jesse and Aubrey, who also talked about some of the books in the Grishaverse with us. And we thought, hey, we all binge watch season two at a very manic clip. (laughs) Uh, We... Uh, talked about it amongst ourselves and thought, let's get the gang back together on the old podcast feed. So hi, Jesse, Hi, Aubrey. Hey. Hey, everyone. It felt
1: like the right way to come back, you know, to make our big triumphant, um, possibly temporary return.
0: Who knows? Maybe this will (laughs) reignite our podcast desires. Um, Certainly have been reading, um, but just not really feeling like podcasting for the last several months. Uh, but this was really the best way to dive back in because it was like low stakes. Uh we'd already mm-hmm. read and like done the quote unquote homework. And so we're really excited to talk about it here uh today. Uh because I think we have a lot of thoughts, maybe even more than season one. So I think there's a lot more to like dig into. So I'm excited about that. Um we always talk about what we're obsessing over. It used to be this week when we used to podcast on a weekly <laughs> basis. For the
1: um, last eight
0: months, guys, what have we? Yeah, been, what have we all been, been into obsessing for eight over? Uh, Yeah, no, I guess we, could, we talk about whatever we're into uh, most these days. Um, Aubrey, do you want to kick us off? Oh sure. Um, I feel like I've not been over
2: obsessing over books recently. It's been more TV, so. Mm-hmm. Yellow jackets
0: mm, is bad. Buzz Buzz.
2: And yeah. Oh. Um is intense. And yeah. I can't eat while I'm watching those episodes, <laughs> although <laughs> I have tried sometimes. Yeah. Um also I got to go I got to meet some of the cast during South by. So oh, I saw those awesome. pictures. Yeah. So that was cool. They did like a whole experience thing. It was otherwise not that interesting, but um young Misty was there and the coach. So that was cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I've also been watching Shrinking on uh, Apple TV, which comes from the same people, some of the same people who did Ted Lasso. And I love it. I'm like, so binging through it. And the new season of Sanditon for all of our Jane Austen um, friends.
0: I keep forgetting that that's a thing that's on yeah, TV. You can right explain now. to
3: me what's happening with the, the <laughs> hotel and the town.
0: And I, I don't know.
3: The king's coming to visit.
2: Yeah king's supposed to come to visit wasn't that like the downton movie where the king came to visit i mean the king's always coming right that's what you do and like that's any sort of historical thing awesome Um, i mean and that king was obsessed with bath so it makes sense okay he might come to another beach town
0: but yeah that's that's what i'm doing nice jesse
3: what are you into these days yeah, I guess. So recency bias uh, will play a heavy hand in this, but I I actually I read a YA fantasy book. So on topic. There you go. One, <laughs> yeah, of, one of us um,
0: is going to be on topic here.
3: <laughs> um, it comes out April 4th. So probably by the time the podcast drops, um, but it's called uh, Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. And I, I absolutely loved it. I couldn't stop thinking about uh, it when I finished, actually slid into Aubrey's DMs to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, you have to read this book. Um, but it, it takes place in sort of a fantasy world. Like there's like a, a war going on with like between God, a God and a goddess. But it's it's a really like uh, down, like, uh, you know, despite the, you know, a war of gods, it, it really takes place in a world that's sort of like World War One, like Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main character is working as like a columnist at the, at the newspaper and she has a rival at the paper this like rich boy and they have like they're trying to get the, a columnist position and she her brother has enlisted in the, in the war and gone off and they haven't heard from him and so she writes him these letters that she knows aren't going to him through her typewriter that she inherited from her grandmother and someone starts writing back and so they realize they have Ooh. these like magic typewriters that they And she gets close to to the person who keeps responding back to her and it's just really really lovely Um, I think the second book will be a little bit more fantasy ish based on the way the first book ended but it was really well written and you know it has that you've got mail feel with the exchanging of letters and the romance was really lovely and I thought it was like a cool mix of like realistic fiction while also being like in a fantasy world Um, so I, I recommend that um, and then I also slid into Aubrey's DMs to talk about <laughs> The Serpent in the Wings of Night by Chris Broadbent, which is an indie book. And this, the second book comes out um, in April. And it's like a cool, it's sort of like from Blood and Ash, but better. And there's like vampires. And it's about a girl who's raised by her father, who's like the king of vampires. And she enters this like trial because she wants to gain power because she's so powerless. And it's really sexy and bloody <laughs> and a lot of fun.
2: Awesome. Yeah, that was that was a good recommendation.
0: Mm-hmm. I do Aubrey have Sealer it downloaded
1: Cruel. on my Kindle right now.
0: This all sounds very promising. I like all the words that you're saying, Jesse. <laughs> I'm very interested in all of that. Um, excellent way to keep it pre on brand for the podcast. <laughs> Appreciate that. Ah, uh, Tasia, what about you?
1: What are you too? Um, I I mean, obviously, I'm gonna co sign the the Yellow Jackets um very exciting but other than that I haven't been doing a whole lot of reading lately um mostly like trying to catch up on tv and also I recently got um back into video games because um Tears of the Kingdom is coming out in May so I picked Breath of the Wild back up and I've been messing around with that and um oh my god Disney Dreamlight Valley on Switch which is Mm -hmm. um it's like a, you know, for all of you like animal crossing lovers, it's very similar to that, but it's more, um, there's more storyline instead mm-hmm. of just, just doing like your farming and your village setup and stuff. Um, other than that, I, the book that I read most recently that has stuck with me the most, it was, um, Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. Also ever heard of her? Topic. Yeah, ever heard of her? Um, she's just a little indie author. Um, no, it's sh- it's a it's a seven to- figure <laughs> book deals.
0: Okay, so <laughs> right, sign, yeah. it's
1: just <laughs> small indie. Mm-hmm. Um it is the the follow-up to um ninth house and I think that uh is gonna eventually be a trilogy. But um yeah, it was really great. And I can't really talk about it that much because if you haven't read Ninth House, then there's not much to say Uh, um yeah read read those books they're really dark um it's it's lee bardugo's adult series so if you're coming here from like six of crows and you're mostly going for ya this is her like if like the main character was more like just kaz with the fucked up trauma and the fucked up like mental state um and it's just really dark and uh I like this series a lot because it kind of embraces um, an unlikable heroine, which I think is really rare and something I greatly appreciate.
0: I have been listening to the audiobook of Ninth House at a glacial pace. Oh wow. um, But what is good about reading it so uh, belatedly is that there's a lot online like summaries. So when like I'm trying to make heads or tails of what the heck is going on? I can just Google like Ninth oh, House so Chapter crazy. Ten, yeah. like whatever. Yeah, the somewhere. plot of
1: that book is like wild. Everything yeah. is, and so. it continues to be wild.
0: I will plan to read both that and Hellbent in 2023. That will be my long-term goal. Well, you know whose DMs to slide into. I will talk hit, you up. hit you all. <laughs> I think on. I made Aubrey like,
3: like buy it us, early. I think you were for it waiting for a copy of your book, and I was like, no, you need to download <laughs> it right now. Like, <laughs>
0: That is pretty accurate. Pretty, pretty much yeah,
3: makes sense. Makes sense. I definitely
1: spent my entire read harassing Jesse. So beautiful. I liked
3: Hellbent better than Ninth House. Actually, I, which did, really too. I did too. Rarely mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Encouraging. I
1: really do like Ninth House, and I do think it's a good setup, especially like regarding Alex's character and like her her whole backstory and everything. And she's like in a better place in book two, which I think also helps. Like in some ways she's in a better place in some ways,
0: not like she's more secure and like herself, but yeah, definitely, cool. definitely worth it. Nice. I have not read much fantasy in the last couple of months, just because I've been like on a romance kick and have loved romance. I did read um the newest Holly black book, the stolen air, which is in the same world as the, um, book of the air trilogy which we have covered here on this podcast and that was an enjoyable promising start to what i think is a planned duology like a solid four stars but that was like my most like on topic read recently i guess i have like a longer term obsession that like dates back probably like six to eight months so since we've been on this hiatus but i want to plug an author who's new to me who i've really um enjoyed and gone back now and read like all of her backlist and it's Kate Claiborne. She had a book that came out in January called Georgie all along. And I got an advanced copy of it and actually read it back last summer. Cause I just heard really good things about it. And she kind of got on my radar because she is friends with Sarah McLean, who Aubrey introduced me to um, fantastic historical romance author and host of the podcast faded mates. Um, And Kate is a frequent uh, guest on that podcast, and um, so I was really curious to read her books. And she's just very, very talented, a beautiful writer. You can tell she's a big fan of historical romance. She loves Lisa Claypess, like she's just you can tell that that translates into her their contemporary romances. Um, and so I really liked Georgie, which is about this girl who returns back to her hometown. Um, kind of just has to figure out who she is and, and, and what her life is going to be. And a very swoon worthy boy um, that she meets in that book. But I went back then and read um, the rest of her backlist. She has a couple of standalone love lettering and love at first. Um, I really loved love at first. And then she has a trio of like related books about three friends who win the lottery. And it's about they each have their own Romance and I, the third one in that series was just like I highlighted like crazy. Just she's just beautiful prose, tug at your heartstring romance. I uh, just really liked that little backlist journey that I went on over the last few months, and I really recommend it. And I think everyone here on this podcast would like her books. And by everyone here on this podcast, I mean you three, but maybe you mm-hmm. two <laughs> listeners would also like Kate Claiborne. So that's my obsession. I did it. I, I mean, read both. You books. did
1: introduce me to Kate, or not Kate, um, but Lisa Kleypas, which uh, has oh, turned out very well or very bad for me,
0: depending put, on how you look at it. Let's put this out there for all our intrepid listeners out there. Do you have any details about where one Miss Lisa Kleypas <laughs> is? How she's doing? Will We're she ever write again? let us know, because I'm like saving a few of her books because she seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth hope she's well she owes us nothing but like i would like to know Mm -hmm. where she is and if i'll ever get any new lisa clevis books so send us send us a a little email at actagepod at gmail.com yeah lisa if you're (laughs) there let us know we miss you um there lisa it's us it's us Yeah, <laughs> again, not on topic at all, but um, a long-standing obsession. I think like the last time we did this, you were in the midst, Tasia, mm-hmm. of reading all these things, and we were like, sorry that you came to listen to this young adult literature podcast. <laughs> we are going to talk about these historical romances that we are very obsessed with. But anyway, still obsessed. So here we are. But we're going to talk about something on topic now. Let's talk about the show, yeah. friends. That's Season what to do. Two years later can't believe it it finally came wild it was so wild it took so long um I think it was mostly worth it um I guess we'll start with like general thoughts vibes of the season yeah I think especially in light
1: of um what I have perceived to be kind of the general temperature of like other people um which has seemed and maybe this is just like the nature of the internet kind of Putting like the most controversial or the most like hot, angry, um, reactions like in your face first, but yeah, it seems like the, the general reaction to this season has been sort of negative, which I mean, I, I have my quibbles mostly about just like the last few episodes, um, and like the rushing kind of pace at the end there, but overall, uh, my feelings are pretty, pretty overwhelmingly
0: positive yeah yeah i had fun watching the show it definitely felt very fast in some parts and i think even more so than season one felt more discordant um in the the storylines of like the original trilogy versus the crows even though i still think that they continue to weave the crows in in very ingenious ways and i really enjoy um how they do that and I think again they did a really good job with that this season but I found myself just really riveted to the screen anytime the crows were there and checking my phone anytime we were in the shadow and bone uh trilogy storyline and if you have listened to our previous coverage of the trilogy here you know I on record many podcasts now saying I don't particularly love the trilogy so like that was never really surprising to me um but that said I'm I'm I Thought that they did the right thing by moving through it quickly i think that those t- last two books really kind of could be one book and so that mm-hmm. was the smart move on their part um but yeah like if i rewatch it i'm might watch like some select scenes with like male and alina uh but really i'm here for the crows at this point
2: yeah yeah I totally agree, agree. It was fun. It's just, it's messy the way that yeah. they're like putting everything together and it makes it really overstuffed. And I think it does feel then like you feel the down moments when it's not with the characters that you love. Um, yeah. It's not, it's a, it didn't do it quite as smoothly as the first season did at integrating them in there. Um, and that's okay. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I didn't have a bad time watching it, but I do think it was a messy messier
3: season than season one was yeah you know when, when you adapt something i feel like you can especially something that has so much source material i feel like what you can either do is like wet people's appetite and make them want more and just sort of give them a taste or you can just throw in all the bells and whistles and just like hope that you like catch enough people um and what's interesting is they kind of did like a mixture of both in this situation because they're relying a lot on book readers to be like There's so much more like there's so much with the crows like even if you don't like it like Matthias is still in prison like there's gonna be a big heist like don't you want more of the crows which is such an interesting way to go about making a tv show. I mean I appreciate it as a book reader um, but I I sort of wonder how it comes across to people who didn't consume like a trilogy and then a duology and then another duology because like at this point like they're literally teasing king of scars and rule of wolves stuff which i find fascinating as someone that loved especially rule of wolves
0: mm-hmm. but
3: as some like as my as someone else uh, it, it, it's hard yeah. to explain like but wait like yeah there's like all this stuff coming and
0: perhaps i should have mentioned at the top and this was our our policy for the first uh shadow moon tv show episode we did um we're diving ahoy. Into, yeah to, to all of um the Grishaverse books here because the series is coming into all of them and you can't really talk about adaption choices mm-hmm. without uh, talking about all of the books. So that's where we're at. Um, To your point, Jesse, I do have one friend who has not read any of the Grishaverse and is like, I'm loving season two. So I, you know, I think that um, it's hard to separate out our like book reader knowledge and perception of things, but I do think it is landing with, non book readers too um so that's encouraging, I think uh, but it does really just throw a lot at you this season uh yeah. of television i think I think to those points too, like
1: I think it's sort of an indictment of like i mean for as much as i as I really did genuinely enjoy this season, um I do think it's like that that rushing and like the messiness of of parts of it is sort of an indictment of like this. Netflix culture that we have now—that is like, you know, you get one, maybe two seasons of this thing you really like, and then it gets canceled, sort of arbitrarily. Like, it feels like a lot of really successful shows are even getting canceled early. So, it's almost like you can't even really blame them for trying to fit as much in as possible. Because I mean, and of course, like to that to that point, it makes a lot of sense why they would finish. Aside from like, it's the right choice just plot-wise to finish the Shadow and Bone stuff. Um, the original trilogy stuff in this season um, but like you know if they have no idea if they're getting renewed or not you want to finish as much of the story as possible so you give the fans as much as a, of a complete story as you possibly can um, but it's really it's 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 kind of you know in in the realm of like television and it feels kind of like like a dy- like a dystopia Where, you know, we have to just, like, throw everything we can at the screen and um, just, you know, keep your fingers crossed that we maybe get more. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. I just think that to circle back to, like, one of the things we said at the beginning, it just, like, kind of goes to show that, like, this idea to combine the two, like, was maybe a good idea at the beginning. And I just don't, it didn't necessarily work well as you said uh, as well this season um but you know word on the street and it's not even like unsubstantiated rumor like it's very clear like from writers scripts, involved yeah. that they have scripts for a crow spinoff and reading every interview even from season 1 it's very clear that and i forget his name the showrunner but like he loves the crows and like only wanted to do this if he could include the crows so um it makes sense that we're moving towards that. And I hope that the numbers are good enough that we do get that because it's time for these two stories to, to dovetail and go their own separate ways. And that's fine. And I'm really happy for that. Um, But yeah, I still like, like you said, friends, I still had a good time. I love talking about it with you guys and nitpicking all these, these, uh, adaptive choices. So, I'm not really going to complain about it. I'm just so happy to see um this world come to life and so well. Like the production value on this thing is really top notch. It looks great. The costumes, the sets, the special effects, like they didn't really pull any punches here and yeah. That's just so exciting to see.
2: Yeah. I will say the one thing I did notice is that I think like the covid pandemic of it all it seemed like there should be more people in some of those scenes like some of the fight scenes where it's yeah the army against the grisha um and it looked a little bit sparse that's
0: true that's true Um,
2: and i think that's probably less budget and more like not wanting to have tons and tons of people on set and having to deal with like covid protocols that was it was the only that was the only thing i like noticed but I mean, the costumes are amazing. They're so
0: good. So good. Every one of them. So good. Um, because there is this sort of like natural delineation between the trilogy material and the crows material, do we want to talk about them like separately? That makes sense. Start first with the trilogy, as the show is called Shadow and Bone. This is the Shadow (laughs) trilogy. Um, let's start with that. Um yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're all on board with, you know, obviously how they they put it together in um, one book, and or sorry, in one season. And I think that, like, way more so, obviously, than the Crows stuff. And we're still in, like, kind of Crows prequel territories. So it, it makes sense. But it, there's less, like, departure from the books um, when it comes to the original trilogy material. Um, but were there any changes that you particularly liked, didn't like? as to that stuff mal
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, Mal.
0: <laughs> i mean even more so
1: the last season oh my I mean, god and, and i'm babe. on i'm on record too as like not hating mal as much in the books as, as yeah, a lot same. of people do um, <laughs> but it's like but I mean, yeah my hand. i absolutely yeah. <laughs> i absolutely agree that in the books he does like obviously take a lot of issue with like the power and like alina you know them kind of growing separately and He has a lot to work through and I really appreciate that they didn't really like mind that in the show that they just like let him be like a good supportive dude and like his whole turn at the end made a lot of sense to me. Um, Aubrey, I think you actually wrote a bunch of this and you should take it from here.
2: Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that like with Mal, I am on record as like hating him in the books. I find him like <laughs> very annoying and I dislike him quite a bit. And in this show, I mean, I think that's the. I think the moment that they cut where he in the books wishes that she'd never had her Grisha powers. I think that helps so much. Because when Mal struggles with, like, his position in her life as she's moving forward, it's not about him wishing that they stayed on the same path. It's, like, he needs to figure it out, and he doesn't see they're not on the same – like you said, they're not in lockstep. They're not right. on he the same He doesn't want road. to hold
1: her back. He wants her to, like, be exactly what she – I think there's one point in, in the show where he's, like, like, not like, this is who you're meant to be. Like, this totally makes sense to me. And But he just doesn't know where he belongs in that. And that is a conflict that I think makes a lot more sense than just being a little turd.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> I think at the end, the way, I mean, are we spoiling the whole show here? That, yeah. 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 Um. I mean, I think the end, the way that Mal, when he comes back to life, it's like, I need to leave and I need to figure out that these feelings are not just like fate pulling me as your amplifier to you. Um, and that struggle—that you can see him as soon as he figures out that he's the Firebird, that none of this has been his choice, perhaps that it's just been what he was supposed to do—and he needs to figure out if, like, this is who he actually is and what he wants—is um, really great. And also, I just like love the Princess Bride of it all, of Nikolai making him Stormhound the way the same way that Inigo Montoya becomes the Man in Black for Wesley. Mm-hmm. So felt like yeah.
0: a nice reference. That was so charming, and they were so endearing together all season. I really enjoyed yeah. the Mel and combo. I'll have to go back and watch, um, like, kind of Mel's reaction when he finds out that he's the Firebird because I felt it. It makes sense logically, like everything you're saying, as to why Mal would want to leave. But watching it in real time, I was like, this feels out of left field compared to like how over the top romantic the season was for the two of them. I'm like, I don't believe that you like after all those love deco- declarations you two made to each other that you would just be like, I'm back, but I'm peacing out. Like I just, it didn't, it was it felt abrupt in the moment as I was speed watching this show in a 24 hour span, but like, (laughs) I would like to go back and I'm sure that there is a little bit more there um, from the moment he realizes um, who exactly he is. I just need to pay more attention to. And it makes sense too, that like he, he, in retrospect that he wouldn't say anything if he had those feelings early on because he thinks he's going to die and like, it's like, okay, well, I like, do love you. And I, what's I like? like I guess like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's a, a, a thought for rewatch.
2: And at least they cut that way. Doesn't he get like that stupid tattoo in the book? Yeah. yeah. But like I am become blade <laughs> or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they, they did. Got,
1: they cut that.
0: They did keep his best like line from the book though, which is the, like you're my flag or whatever. That was great liked seeing archie say that yeah that was guys
1: yeah oh man archie brought it
0: this season he was so good he's so, he was he's so, so good. handsome he oh is. my goodness
3: um <laughs> jesse <laughs> there's a lot of handsome in the show he's there, like there's, there's more like four for me and handsome yeah. that's fair but, but he's yeah very handsome. there's
0: very recent competition um speaking of handsome i guess i want to talk about like what Something that really did not work for me was everything to Darkling this season. I'm sorry to Ben Barnes, attractive man that you are. Um, I just felt like all of the Darkling stuff. Um, it almost was like hokey to me. Um, like he, his, his like orphan boy cough, like that he had all season. Like <laughs> I got the black lung pop. Like I could not. Take him. <laughs> seriously <laughs> i did not like it i have rehashed this with you guys off air so you guys know my thoughts on this a little bit but like i like i think jesse you made this point like the the specter of him and like alina like seeing flickers of him is like much more effective in the book because like you don't really like know what's going on but you can't have like your top movie star like not on the tv screen um when you're shelling out big bucks to play uh, to pay bit that pay ben barnes which i assume that they did here and so you have to like give him something to do but like him in a bottle especially the first like four episodes he hated it it was so melodramatic and it's just like he and his b-less grisha who are all like you know emo and like their dark makeup because they're evil i hated, evil. So like, yeah. I hated yeah. it so yeah. it was cartoon Much. villainy yeah. like like
1: all of his Grisha were car- like like they're in a battle you know like their own people are done di- everybody's dying around like who's walking around smiling it was just cartoon villainy um I do think like I-, I totally agree with you like 99% um about the Darkling stuff the one thing that I think did work for me was the him and Bagra stuff except yeah. except mm-hmm, the yeah. very very end when she died like I thought he played that very well but I was like annoyed that you're gonna like you know you a couple episodes ago you were chopping your mom's finger off and now you're like oh my god I'm sorry oops um so that annoyed me but I did think that like that conflict and um like how much trauma he has from like her decisions like early in his life and stuff and how that like formed him it was very formative to him in like a negative way and how she later on you know she has like the the benefit of hindsight to realize like the mistakes that she made with him that like led to him becoming who he is. I thought that was all very like very good, crunchy stuff. It was the most, the only interesting stuff from him this season, I thought.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Like
1: yeah. One of
3: one of the best things that Lee is Lee did with this series and the Darkling is and I think it's actually and this probably is because she's a better writer now. And also the trilogy is sort of like of its time. And I think you see it more in Rule of Wolves, <clears throat> how the Darkling is The prototype of the, like, emo, sad, you know, tortured love interest that you – that usually the heroine ends up with, right? Like, she starts Mm -hmm. the game with the sad, like, you know, like, home friend and then ends up with, like, the tortured whatever. But but Lee makes that – makes the darkling a commentary on that right because she's smart and she's like no this is toxic this is a toxic relationship he's trying to use you he's trying to control you. he's trying to own you that's not real love that can't be love and the problem with making and this might just be because ben barnes is so handsome and so charming the problem with giving him all this extra screen time and pathos is that you like kind of are rooting for him and he has so much chemistry with jesse that it a lot of people leave the show being like, well, I don't understand why she's sparkling. And it's like not the message that you're supposed to get from it. Like, like Lee said that she based him off like a shitty ex-boyfriend who like manipulated her. So, and it's just because you get so much, you like him so much and they have so much chemistry. I think that sometimes the meaning gets a little perverted, probably on purpose, you know, because it's more of an interesting show. But I, I can understand why people leave being like, why is she with Mal, mm-hmm. even if Archie's yeah. being so good, just because they're giving us so much tortured Darkling yeah. stuff and we're so conditioned to be like, why well, aren't they together? She can fix him. That's not yeah. the story that's being told.
0: Yeah. So yeah. plenty of people walk away from the books <laughs> with that same thought on the yeah. Darkling. Not any I... of us necessarily, but...
2: I mean, I, I actually think in some ways I'm more sympathetic to the book Darkling than I am to this. Mostly because, yeah, I think the first half of the season... I mean, I am the closest thing to a Darkling Stan on this podcast, which doesn't yeah. make me Darklina, but like, yeah. Um, I think he's in the books more interesting. But yeah, I mean, he's not interesting in the first couple episodes. And I think the Bagra stuff, I think that's some of the best acting that Ben does this mm-hmm. season. It helps that, like, the actress playing bagra is so good and mm-hmm. when she says like know that i loved you alexander and know that it was not enough like that's a like heart-wrenching moment um and watching him like lose control of the nietzsche um i did think yeah. the stuff with him and alina at the end like that worked for me too um when he tries to like pitch that she needs someone to be the monster so that she can be the saint and like let him do it that sort of like turn around on the let me be your monster line from season one and from the books um and the like I think real anguish he feels when he can't control the Foya and they go after Alina um and sort of like flashing back to the first time where she kissed him and like he didn't kiss her and I'm glad she kills him like that's the right thing to do, but I think in those moments he's also good, and that that stuff was good. Like yeah. give you know them made... something complex to do, you exactly. Don't Make him whine and
1: cough. Yeah, you know what would have made that scene so much better is if they had kept that part from the book instead of giving it, a, throwing it away on a nothing line in this first season when he reveals his name to her.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. that, that yeah. would have
1: been so much better. Like in this moment, especially like when you're you know, when we've kind of struggled to empathize at all with him, like that would have been a good little nugget for Ben Barnes to, to play with, but
0: yeah, yeah, we yeah. Threw it away. I think that that's something too, that like the breakneck pace of the, the trilogy material, like, I think that's kind of where it suffers because there's a lot of interesting stuff with the darkling and Alina that you can mine. And it's, not as interesting as it could be in the books for the reasons we kind of already talked about but like the show was the chance to like kind of dig into that deeper and I wish that it had um more in laying the foundation in season one um even further like for their connection and then having more of those kind of telepathic conversations that they have in the book and like making them more meaningful Mm -hmm. than they really felt in season in season two um and i guess that that's one part like that you know we say like oh the plot of the trilogy is it could be two books that's maybe true but like you do get more of a build up to like the the ultimate climax of the trilogy and like you the 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 threat of the darkling like builds so much more naturally in the trilogy than i think it really was given like a chance to here but Oh wow! We hey, if we're going full into Rule of Wolves, like we know that this is the also, end of him.
1: <laughs> also, yeah. that second book is like a vessel for Nikolai, so you know, yeah, it, yeah. it serves many a a purpose, yeah. a worthy
3: well, purpose. Aubrey, I kind of want to like piggyback on something you said to kind of flip it to something that did really work for me because I think that the trilogy is. Very much like of a time of like, okay, there's like a empowered female heroine, there's a trilogy. (laughs) And at the end, she's gonna lose her powers. And my least favorite part of that, those books is Alina losing her powers. And like, I can reconcile it in my head, like, she's happier, like, all this bullshit. But like, at the end of the day, like, I really don't like the trope. And I didn't like it at the end of the trilogy. And I'm happy, at least for now. That the way they're wrapping up the trilogy isn't with Alina losing her powers because I think a much more interesting story and one that's being told a little bit more often now is this, like, duality of, like, dark and light and fighting that, like, within inside – within, like, within inside you. And I think that that's mm-hmm. the more interesting story and that's the one they're lining up with Alina. And I think you can actually use a lot of the, like, creepy ghost darkling stuff in a follow-up season because he's inside of her now, right? He's haunting her. So there's an opportunity to mine a lot of that still and keep Ben Barnes around if they do it right and if there's ever another season of the show that isn't just about the crows. So as well as adding on a lot of the Apparat and the Cult of the Darkling, like there's a really interesting way to still do that in a really cool way without just having Lena being like, well, that's it. No more powers, everyone is yeah. powerful like the end
0: yeah that's yeah. a great point
2: yeah um she's- just living out mel's dreams at the end yeah
3: you
2: know, <laughs> i was i was very relieved with that decision very relieved yeah,
1: yeah. i really love it as a metaphor like that you know this darkness she's been fighting this whole time um that she kind of becomes it and i think it's i think it's a great metaphor i what i really don't like about that scene is like the teehee like evil little smile at the end because that Like you see, like that horror first hair, her like, oh no, my god! I like, I have this darkness in me, and then she's like, hey, hey." it's like that doesn't feel in line with Alina as a character this entire time. Like leave it on her being horrified that she's just discovered this because that is a whole, you know, mine of of shit to to dig up. Um, with her like kind of dealing with that and like trying to control it or trying to repress it or whatever. But I think like the tee he- I think that seemed very, um, what do you call it? Like, don't a, a, like, like a shock value kind of thing yeah. and not something that was actually rooted in character at all.
0: See, I thought it was more like, almost like when you like use drugs or something, it's like that instant high, like she's horrified, but it like hits her so strong and so fast that she's like, Oh, maybe I like this. And I think that that's kind of an interesting place to leave it because it's it's such a compelling, compelling force within her all of a sudden. And I think that duality is going to be interesting to explore. Just like shout out to Jessie, though. She's so good in this season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just
3: think it felt very like, I don't know. If they had another season, like guaranteed, I wonder if it would have been a more subtle kind of situation. Yeah, I think subtle trying is to, something I would
1: have liked. Yeah,
3: I think they're trying to telegraph that, like, oh, like she is maybe the darkling, and like that's mm-hmm. going to be her storyline. And I think they had to maybe over make that kind of more obvious because without that guarantee next season, like, there's not enough time to tell that that story in that like few minutes.
1: Yeah, I think wow. my paw was like, I literally laughed. I was like, that's stupid. I <laughs> like that, that whole like thing. It just felt very silly and cartoony. Yeah. And I think I would have liked it if it was a little bit more subtle, like a little more nuanced.
0: One other thing I want to talk about uh, before we get to like the collective fan favorite here amongst ourselves um, from the original trilogy. Um, I want to talk about... Um, the Genya stuff this season because I think for me one of the other like shortcomings of like the breakneck pace of the trilogy material is that like you herself felt so shoehorned in and it's kind of like that in the book too like you don't really you kind of really have to pay a lot of close attention to like see the the effect that like the darkling has had on like his underlings. Like, obviously he does like a very specific physical thing to Jenya, but like the Zoya stuff is a little bit more like insidious. And like, I felt like that stuff um, I would have liked to have seen more of um, as like a basis for, you know, for particularly like Zoya's heel turn down the road and like, and and, and where she goes throughout the rest of the books. Um, and then also just giving, Jenny more do to like explore that stuff versus just like having her have like a scene, and episode to like process this horrible trauma. Like I just really, I always wanted more of her in the books. I wanted more of her, in the show. I was happy that we seemed to get more of her than we really did in season one. But um, I think that that just is, I would have liked more so that at the end, when we have that moment of friendship between our new triumvirate, which we'll talk about, um, has like, wish that there was more of that justice for Genia.
3: The show isn't as good for reasons, I guess, at telegraphing, like, violence that's not, like, actual violence. Like, like vi- like, ugh, like sexual violence, I guess. Yeah. Like, you see that in Genia's uh, storyline and then also in Inej. Because mm-hmm. it's never – you could watch the show, I think, and not know the true horror that Inej had to face. Yeah.
0: It's like what Jenna when she, yeah. like, at the end says to, like, Nikolai's mother, like, how do you think I poisoned him? Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I forgot that that's, like, the horrible thing you had to go through. And the show just, like, it, it feels kind of careless when it is such a serious mm-hmm. thing um, to have that just kind of, like, not given a lot of care and attention. And I don't know. And then... No, yeah. oh, go ahead. Don't worry.
2: No, I was going to say, in the, in the book when that happens isn't the king still alive like he's not dead yet at that point yeah um -hmm. and like he is trying to punish her and nikolai's like no i'm taking over and also like you should go to jail like it's not okay that you did this and And
0: that's one of like the first really good nikolai moments (laughs)
2: yeah it's like such a moment of strength for nikolai not that it's not on the show but um there's just not as as much
0: there Yeah, like, they, like, have him do the same thing, but it, like, doesn't have the same teeth because you don't, like, really... He's, like, never met her before. And, like, literally in the same scene, he's like, you killed my father. Like, you pointed yeah. him, and then he's like, nah. Like, yeah, you're good. It was very quick. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about David.
3: Ah, oh, David.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks to the show for giving us his beautiful, um i know all like speech which is one of lee's most beautiful pieces of writing um love that um you know i'm not if this is all that we get of david i'm not necessarily bothered by the fact that it happened now like it's fine um i can understand that they have a lot they want to cover and they don't maybe they didn't think that they would get to that sometime in the future and That's fine. I can accept that. I just was not emotionally prepared for it to happen now. so I will say, so I did
2: watch like a little bit of an interview with one of the writers about this. And there's a reason why we don't see David's body, which is basically like Luke is very booked and busy. And they don't know if they would be able to get him back if they get another season. So if they can't, then he's dead. dead. (laughs) And if they can... Then they can bring him back and then we'll get all of the pain again
1: later yeah. yeah. I that
2: would, that. just like that would We be can cheap. be dead. We can yeah. be yeah. dead. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I think their feeling is that like they're probably not going to be able to get him back because he is booked and busy and they don't know that they're getting another season. So they needed to have like an out here. But um
0: yeah. No, I will can't miss- bring him
1: back just to kill him again. Yeah.
2: But I will miss all of his friendship stuff with Nikolai. Like their inventions and all of that.
1: And like an actual buildup to him and Jenya, that felt also very
0: I know they didn't even get to get married. Mm -hmm. Oh, their wedding is beautiful when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, It was it yeah, bummer. So and I don't necessarily I mean, I have always wanted more of Alina and Jenya and Zoya together. Like I find that trio of friendship fun and i would like more of it but um i don't need like once they like said that we're the triumvirate i was like oh no david it's never coming back um but also like in retrospect it does feel kind of like it feels like that moment in avengers endgame where like all the women pair up together <laughs> to like pass the yeah. gauntlet along like yeah ugh, girl power yeah and girl power but it's fine whatever they look beautiful in that scene my girls um and it's like oh, some of the only zoya we got this season which is a crime I know. but i did like i felt like she was embodying like what i picture books so had to be like a little bit more than she was in season one so i am excited that um they um they gave her at least those opportunities i would have liked a little more Zoya seed because i'm trash like I'm mm-hmm. watching like the darkling funeral scene. I'm like they're standing across I from know, each that's other. Exactly yes, what I was like, doing. That, that's nothing. Karina, I don't think staking. anyone told
3: Patty though because like I've lo- like like looked zoomed into his eyes and he's not even like looking. Like the the t- t- TikTokers are trying so hard. The edits are so funny because they want it so bad and it's like barely even in the shot. And I love it for them. Like truly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, there are lines, like, <laughs> clearly they're setting up for it. Like, it's not yeah. not. on the Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah but, yeah. but I don't know if anyone told Patty because, like, he's like barely even looking at her in any yeah. of the scenes.
0: Let's talk about Patty now. And let's talk about, um, about Nikolai and like our thoughts on it. Because, like, I think all of us collectively, initially, when he was cast, we're like, hmm. interesting. We'll see what we think. Um, and I think we all got to a place by the end where we were on board.
3: Yeah, for so, me, yeah. it happened when he like became Nikolai. Like I think you compared it to his Clark Kent moment when he took off the jacket and like became the prince. Like yeah. that's when it hit me. Had all of
1: his royal regalia. Yeah, like his that's outfit. I love that for him.
3: But before that, and it's probably on purpose, it just felt like way too quippy and over the top for me. And I was just like, oh, no, like this is not going to work for me. And like probably a lot was on purpose, but it was not working for me until that moment. I was like, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things
0: I I do feel like is – maybe i don't want to say like missing because i did like really enjoy his performance i thought that like he really brought out like the earnest side of nikolai which is like my favorite the soft side of nikolai is like part of what makes him so special but like the quippy side is a part of him but i had like a realization that i think like how jesper is on the show is kind of almost how i pictured nikolai in the book like that like zingy Mm -hmm. quippy like Kind of over the top, and then like you see, Just kind of more what we charm. got, yeah. But you see what we get more from Patty, like which is like the more earnest side, and the the combination is what makes him so special. Ultimately, yeah. Um, but you can't have two characters like that on the show. Like they can't be like you can't have two that are like so like gunslinging, like sword buckle swashbuckling, <laughs> like. Listen, Buffy the Vampire Slayer had Spike, Cordelia, and Anya. It's true, they can
1: make it. They can make it work.
0: It's true. They could have done it. It's yeah. true. They mm-hmm. could have made it work. But I—that's—I just wonder how much like that was part of it.
1: It makes sense though that, like, from their from like the writers' perspective, that they would be like, uh ah, we already have like a like a quippy, charming guy. We should yeah. like tone it down and Nikolai a little bit more and focus on other sides." But yeah, no, that's. It's literally half of his charm yeah,
3: well, yeah. it like, comes down to the shortening of it i think yeah. because there wasn't mm-hmm. enough time to really get into that like swashbuckling side because pretty much of, immediately he has to become the prince and get serious yeah yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I think what that makes me um really excited for the future Nikolai stuff though because i thought like petty was so good at that type of stuff that i think like he'll be really good and like the King of Scars version of Nikolai, and like a lot of Nikolai's internal struggles in the King of Scars duology, and um, tortured
1: Nikolai.
2: Yeah,
0: like I think he'll be really, he'll be really good at that. So,
2: yeah, and not to be shallow, but when
0: when he takes his shirt off as Nikolai, yeah. I was like, how many abs do you yes. have? Yeah. So yeah. many abs, and he looked really handsome in like his coronation regalia. Yeah, time. He did. So I was it like, looked.
3: Hmm,
0: yeah. yeah.
3: A scene that really struck out for me is when he's escorting Alina down the stairs like early in the little palace. And mm-hmm. he says to her base, it's when he confides in her that everyone that he's a bastard. And that and and she remarks, I think at that point, is like, this is the first time I've really you've really opened up to me and it that's the first glimpse of that like angsty king of scars mm-hmm. Nikolai that that really got me and I was like oh he can really do this like uh, he he has it in him to to have that nuance and that angst and it I just I can see that them walking down the stairs like so clearly and being like oh because yeah. I I shipped it I'm it's
0: it's it's hard not to like ship him with anyone in the books like he, he, he stationary he object yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah perfect he's like, got
1: chemistry with everyone and everything absolutely i mean
2: in the trilogy before we were, knew we were getting zoil i i was like the truth is alina should have just yes. stuck with nikolai that was the real like mm-hmm. what was she doing how is this not the person that she falls in love with it's and i guy.
3: love that they kept in that line he's like no you're not going to kiss me until you're you're yeah, thinking still, about uh-huh. me
0: <laughs> yeah um i Really um got nervous about that. I thought that it was going to be like a wedding. I didn't know what they were getting dressed for. She's wearing a ring. What is happening? So at least it wasn't a wedding. So Eli lives. Yeah. yeah. What other, I was just going to, some other weird Nikolai scene I was going to bring up, but it's gone now. Um, No, and we already talked about Nikolai and Mel and how charming I found them together. And like the moment, like before Mel, like, he's gonna die like that they had together was very lovely I just that was um a delight because they never get really to that point yeah in the books um yeah so that was great um maybe this might be a good segue into talking about the crows here in a second because I just was pleased as punch though that the first Nicolai scene we got was with Kaz and Jesper like I was just like Oh, yay. My best boys, my best
3: boys. <laughs> that was like... so smart. That's so, yeah. so yeah. smart yeah. to have that happen that way and have him be the reason that they were hired in the first place to get a The Connective tissue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Um and to introduce them as, like, sort of knowing each other so they can be brought in for other things. And that also tracks with the canon in the book because they're brought in in Rule of Wolves. So it's just yeah. – that was just his perfect. So yeah. smart and adaptation Choice.
0: And it was, like, written really well, too. Like, Nikolai was being very clever. Kaz was, like, scheming, like, and, you know, making his his well-informed decisions. Like, okay, I'm going to take this money and we're going to do this. It was just very good. No, no, yes. Perfect. Um, before we move on from Nikolai, I did want to
2: say one thing that I did think was an interesting adoption choice was having Dominic be there and like alive as his friend, given that in the books, a lot of what changes Nikolai from being like an everyday Mm -hmm. prince is Dominic's loss in the war and like that friendship that he forms and then watching him like die. Um so
0: I I mean also like picking up some vibes yeah definitely yeah Yeah. Yeah. it was like Uh I don't hate that especially then all the Nikolai male stuff I was like hey if we
3: want like Nikolai to be high or whatever I wouldn't hate it um it's 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 in the text I think like it was on screen yeah, yeah yeah so
0: but no I agree that was like really interesting and you don't I think Again, one of the shortcomings of, like, the breakneck pace was, like, you don't necessarily, and maybe we'll get more of it later, but, like, the the backstory of, like, Nikolai and, like, how isolated his childhood was and, like, why Dominic was so important. So, it was just kind of, like, here's this friend that you're going to meet for two episodes and then he's going to die and you're not really going to care.
1: Yeah, it almost felt like leave him out. Maybe yeah. Maybe, like, yeah. a throwaway reference to, like, you know, this... Childhood friend that was your whipping boy, basically. Yeah. Like, instead of having, yeah, like just a couple episodes, I didn't have enough time to feel anything about him by the time he died. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, y'all know I cry at everything and I did not cry when he died. So,
0: the the true death now. Yeah. That character. Um, Did you talk about the crows? Ah. Do it. Um, First of all, I let's talk about Matthias first because like
3: it's just <laughs> like Cal. off by
0: himself for Cal <laughs> like alone in prison just his the like entire season it's yeah, wild it was really uh this way remember how like we were like definitely the crows are gonna be breaking Matthias out in season two so then yeah. season three can be the ice court blah 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 no wrong um <laughs> wrong so wrong <laughs> they're gonna make up another
3: heist <laughs> um, and is he, gonna be there
0: yeah we'll, hey, we'll <laughs> get to that because I love that but um yeah just at least he had some like nice like erotic visions to keep it warm and I keep know us
3: um so go to our designated salivating. vision correspondent Asia <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> listen I have nothing to say that's appropriate <laughs> podcast <laughs> no I just think of that that meme that you know he's just he's hanging out in prison fantasizing the entire time Yeah, I mean what else are you going to do I guess good for him thinks about pussy in silence yeah
0: there's a lot yeah. about the show that was sexier this season but like mm-hmm. that was like mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I cool. think I, yeah I can- was watching my can- job can- on the floor Canon.
1: <laughs> Jaw was on the floor. I was like, "Is this a flashback? Is it a fantasy? It's I don't care what it is. I'm I living for it.
0: I really it think it was felt, a
1: flashback.
2: It felt oh, like definitely. a flashback.
0: Yeah. he is mean, too stunted to keep each other
2: warm yeah. somehow. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's too
0: stunted like before he meets her to like that's what I'm saying. Really what be able to gonna think gonna of that exactly. Like, like, fantasize that he's no, either got
1: no. a very rich imagination or has done like huh. extensive reading or
0: no, he did the research. Yeah. He did the work. Hmm. <laughs> yeah um so yeah poor poor cal alone in the prison with his like feared in friend like fine whatever but um on the flip side though i like love love loved like how seamlessly nina integrated with the rest yeah. of the crows uh oh, so perfect. Nice. she was so perfect just like everything okay. with her and kaz everything with her mm. and nez like just
1: her and Jasper, like vibing perfect so perfect good. perfect
3: I, with them, we got more stuff with her and Kaz than we got in the book, and every second of it was mm-hmm. the best. Delicious. When he oh calls her, when he says, You're a crow now, I like fell off my chair. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> and he says it in like a mean way, as like meant as like a threat, like now nah, you're fucked, you're a crow. But I like, took yeah. it is like, Oh, they're
1: family, found family. Yeah. Well, that's exactly how Kaz like displays oh, yeah. any kind of affection anyway, right? So
3: you're a crow that, now because yeah. that's
0: him basically like, you know, yeah. giving
1: her a friendship bracelet.
0: Yeah. So like, yeah. That was, like, I thought a really good adaptation choice because it's, like, not dissimilar from how she gets kind of, like, integrated in Insects of Crows, but, like, it kind of just draws it out and gives more of it, and I really loved that. Um On the flip side, I think, like, the Weiland stuff is more of a departure, but I, I also
3: loved Weiland. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Precious. He's and I and so I am Precious. on
1: record, too, as... um being kind of skeptical of of the wyland casting at first just because i mean i think he's adorable but like i was like maybe he's too he looks too young he comes off too young and next to jesper it'll feel like predatory or something but no no absolutely happy to eat my words in this case i thought he was perfect
2: yeah yeah i mean i think that the young and innocent like
1: Mm -hmm. look on him
2: really works
1: it works and he doesn't cross the line into it being like weird that he's yeah. with Jesper. Yeah. you know, like they don't feel too distant in an age that it's weird, but he definitely does pull off the innocent thing. Like you said.
2: Yeah. It was just such a good way to do it.
0: Yeah. Jack Wolf. Yeah. So he's good. he's mm-hmm. so good. And I, um, I really liked the new spin on their history, which is that they had hookah before. I like it. Yeah. First of all, it makes sense for Jesper. He, mm-hmm. That role in the barn that he had in season one, like Duster, mm-hmm. totally would have gotten around. <laughs> but like, also, I like that for Wyland because Wyland in the books is like so sad sometimes. Like he's just mm-hmm. so almost like pitiful. Yeah, backstory. So I like that. Like a lot of his life probably was very shitty, but at least he had like a nice time with Justin. <laughs> he's once. getting it in he's and getting it in yeah. there.
3: So, their kisses were like cooler level kisses. And yes, that is a new girl Jess and Nick kiss reference. Like their okay. kisses are like intense, like yeah. fingers mm-hmm. gripping. Like those are TV kisses, like not just TV kisses.
0: <laughs> yeah, When they go to Pekka's like, son's house and her <laughs> watches and play the piano, <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. That's the most romantic thing I've ever seen on screen. Um. I loved it, and I I really loved the subtle, um, like, the subtle reveals about, like, Jesper being Grisha, and, like, how Wylan was trying to tease him out of that, and then how Jesper finds out Wiley can't read, and, like, oh, just, like, great. I love it. Even the it.
3: reference to, like, you know, like you can't choose who your dad is type, you know, like, yeah. foreshadowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That was so good. And, like, I know we kind of, like, burned through a lot of their relationship development, burned through, whatever, um, a lot of their relationship development but like i d- it doesn't bother me because a like how often do we say like we wish you could spend more time just like luxuriating with characters who are like happy together and b, like who's to say they won't have some other like types of conflicts that come up so um i mean yeah, I was, they got together really early
1: and still had conflict yeah. in this season so and we're gonna have like yeah. conflict
0: city between Kaz and Nash like forever going forward mm-hmm. that's like their relationship in a nutshell um and there's still obviously a ton of conflict coming for Nina and Matthias so I'm happy to have like a happy couple going into like a potential yeah. um
1: was the that one happened? thing I did miss about that build up was the um the like just girls not just yeah. girls but they did it I first know. during yeah. promo
3: so at least they we did got...
1: so they they knew what we wanted yeah so
3: I, as much as I love Lee's writing, and I think it's tremendously romantic, she doesn't really write like kissing books. Um, yeah. She writes like these like pining, like like mm-hmm. intimate romances. That even as someone that like loves, loves, loves on page smut, like I I really don't mind when I'm reading these books. I'm like okay, like I'm sensing it, like I I can read between the lines. But when it's on screen, I think adding a little bit of s- explicit romance and intimacy and mixing it up with the different types of relationships on the screen is actually actually into the show's benefit yeah. that it does mm-hmm. that and it's I think to the writer's credit that they said where can we add this yeah where it will work and where it you know where it won't and I, yeah. and I think they're really smart about it
0: and to that yeah. point like one of the most beautiful things about Lee's writing and like her subtlety when it comes to that type of stuff like is how you feel at the end of Crooked Kingdom, that handhold between Kaz and Inej and what that means. And it means more than any kiss could ever mean. But what I think they did so cleverly in this season, particularly the um, scene where they're all like poisoned and dreaming, is like having that be the stand in like for that more visual romantic representation for Kaz and Inej like in a way that like shows what their fantasy could be and what us as readers would love for them to ultimately get to in the future um with without like it being inconsistent with their characters and their trauma. And I thought that that was so smart and it was like such yeah. a delicious surprise. Oh, it was so well. Yeah, I couldn't
3: believe it. I was like, how are we getting this?
0: Like <laughs> cut to, to Jesse's like
3: DMs being like,
1: I screamed during uh episode six. You're gonna scream during episode six. Yeah. Um, as soon as that
0: started happening, I was like, Oh, this is the moment. This is it. This, this is, is like, oh yeah, this
1: is this is exactly where the screams
0: happen. Um yeah, so I guess we can talk We can talk about just the chasm and Ezra's at all, because we got way more than I ever thought that we would. Um, and I guess this can lead into kind of um, how we are definitely reordering some of the Crows events here and kind of picking things from um, further down the timeline in the books. But um, before we even got to the episode six scream moment, we got the bandage scene, <laughs> like are you kidding me well i really thought like when she was being chased by that taxidermist man that like that we were gonna get the cooking dumb kidnapping um and i thought we were maybe gonna get like i would come for you and like i was not ready for that yet um i'm glad we saved that for later seasons but um i couldn't believe we got that scene already Keep watching the show everybody I keep watching it like we need that someday because they're like just they're killing me. They're so good together. And mm-hmm. um I was so happy to have that moment now. Even if it's out water, I don't care. I was just so thrilled.
1: Yeah, and yeah. again it's kind of one of those things where it's like if we never get another season, at least we have this. Yeah. <clears> yeah. yeah at least us.
2: we got that and we got the I will have you without your armor yeah. scene, which like mm-hmm.
3: hurts. It still yeah. hurts.
0: So It's so so good. I think they did. Um, and this what we can talk about like I think probably one of the more like controversial or like things that people take more issue with with the season and the crows situation, like with with Pekka and all that stuff, how we got it now. Um, like I think though what I like for again the differences between book versus like TV as a medium is like we need to have like some forward progression for Kaz. Um, and Kaz and Inej too, like it, 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 I don't think that like the show can like luxuriate quite as much as, um, the books can and, in, in, in like slowly, slowly, slowly building up. So I didn't mind moving things around when it came to Kaz and Inej, And I, I also didn't really m- mind them moving the Pekka stuff like forward, because I think it just, in a show, like it was helpful to have that backstory early and and like have him kind of confront that early. Um because I don't think he he's not like it's not like he's healed now or anything. Like he learns that like regret are like um revenge isn't enough. Um he needs he wants more, but like he's um he doesn't know how to get that at this point by the end of the season. So it all worked for me. Like, I'll, we'll see what they do going forward um, with that stuff. But, like, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind getting it in this season. I wasn't mad
2: about it. Um, I just, for me, I'm, like, a little perplexed about where they go if they get a Six of Crows spinoff. Because, like, Pekka's still around, obviously. Like, he's still a problem in the prison. That's the like problem, with Matthias. Yeah. So, like, what do you what do you do with him now? Like we've done sort of like the Kaz plan that got rid of him, that like destroyed him and that's already happened. You can't do it again. Um, And I think like some of this stuff is like really important to the backstory for why they take the ice heist, ice castle heist. Um, So, I, it's more like for me, it's like a wait and see. Like what are you gonna do with this and how will this work? And they may do something like great, and it'll work really well. Um, but if not, like that could be it may be that they've like written themselves into a corner. They've written all the episodes yeah. for a spinoff. like I'm yeah. sure they've got a plan figured out um, and I'm optimistic about it. I just have questions about like what yeah. will happen.
1: Yeah, I know, I agree completely. yeah, that's my issue with the Pekka stuff is um. Is that they kept him around? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do the Pekka stuff, finish the Pekka stuff because now it feels like you have to escalate the Pekka stuff. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? Um, mm-hmm. How do you do that in a way that that's believable for their characters? Um, because yeah, like you said, I mean, Kaz has already done the big, the big Trump move, right? He, he can't pretend he can't bluff to kidnap his son again, and that's the only thing that that was able to stop Pekka in his track. So I don't know. I, I just. I'm sure they, they'll figure it out. And I also maybe just don't necessarily want an escalation of the Pekka stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got other we've got other fish to fry. We've got, you know, the Vanek situation. We've got all kinds of stuff that we can uh all all kinds of other pools we can play in. And I just don't like keeping Pekka around. Like, let's just finish it.
2: Yeah, I mean maybe Pekka will get like blamed for Matthias's breakout of the prison or like the prison riot or something. I mean maybe they can like take him out that way.
3: Yeah make know. Vanek like a bigger bad like replace yeah. mm-hmm. Pekka in some ways yeah. with Vanek, which I think works because they have a personal like it's personal exactly yeah 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 so, I think they can do it one of the things that I think
0: like is a difference between like book has and show has, and then part of it has to do with the fact like the the crow stuff is like prequel material in the show is that like I have never found Kaz as written on the show to be like nearly as like savvy as book Kaz. But we we meet book Kaz when he's in a much more like a stronger position of power um, than he has been in the show at this point. And so like to that end, I can see how they can maybe like. Show that like. Kaz. Like played all his cards too soon. Like he 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 thought that he got Pekka, but he didn't. And like I think that there's like something more like interesting there that they could mine, um, as part of like his continual like, um, ascension to like power in the barrel. Um, and that part of it too is like has always been like the difference between you can't like get in Kaz's head, so he has to like say things and do things on screen. Um, in a more like transparent way so that like he you you can't like really layer the plot in the same way like that you can in the books which are very like twisty and turny and like you get big reveals at the end like that is probably like a harder thing to translate to tv shows so like i i guess I be yeah because you
1: can't keep too many cards to your chest yeah makes, so it's like yeah.
0: I don't mind like playing that card now. And then like maybe it's like a part of his like continued journey. Because I think one of the most like um, my favorite part about him getting come up and it's at the end of the duology is not that he gets come up it's Zanesh it's who does. Like it it that's like a great part of their their romance. Like she scares him off at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's like there's room there. Um, and I think that that's interesting. And and to be clear, that's not a complaint about show Kaz at all. Freddie Carter, like, I think Jesse said, like, there's justice in the world. He was, getting me. He was so good this season. Um, it's just like a slightly different variation of Kaz. And it's like an earlier Kaz. And I think that that's great. Mm-hmm. And they, nothing feels inconsistent to me. It's just a different, like, shade of Kaz. And I I yeah. love both versions.
1: So that explanation makes a lot of sense to yeah. me about, yeah, because you can't reveal, I mean, you have to reveal some, otherwise he's a nothing burger of a character. yeah So you have yeah. to, you have to give him something, give us something.
3: Because we have, like, literally in the text, we have a moment where, in Rule of Wolves, where Kaz meets Nikolai and knows, like, immediately who Nikolai is, can see mm-hmm. through his disguise. But in the show, he doesn't get it. Like, he knows Nikolai is someone, maybe not, he recognizes that it's, not like a patrol person, but he doesn't recognize that it's like the, the prince. And I remember being a little surprised when I watched that. I was like, "Cat, my cat!" <laughs> when you know immediately that Nikolai was the prince. But I think you're right that this is a little bit more beginning, Cas. And he's, he's like,
0: a, he's green. He's green. Yeah, he's mm-hmm.
3: he's on the journey. But like, we're already seeing like character development. Like, we literally have it spelled out for us with the being like, take another girl. And he's like, no, like only you, like you're my investment. And then at the end of the season two, he's like, bring them all over. We'll give them all <laughs> salaries, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is funny because we actually do have an example of what happy Kaz looks like in rule of wolves. And he's so bored and he like needs to like blow shit up. So, like- <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So
1: Bless him.
0: I, I, I have this, like, a I have a lot of faith in, again, the showrunners and like the people involved in this, because like, Again, they love the crow so much. So, like, and they haven't really steered me wrong yet. So, um, maybe it's it's too much faith, but I'm excited the possibilities. Um, I guess so. I <laughs> maybe one of these seasons, Matthias will get out of jail. Well, that <laughs> that did steer me wrong, but that's just because oh. I want more Cal always every mm. way. Poor Cal. Um, what is what a season he had? I will say though that like I I loved like both like heists that we got from the crows like but they also felt kind of like disparate to me um like the of stuff could have been like the whole seat like this whole season but that Mm -hmm. said I love that we went to shuhan like incredible that was um in such a clever interplay of like the lives of saints too Mm -hmm. um beaut just beautiful episode that was um waffles oh my (laughs) gosh (laughs) yeah amazing and Zoya and Tolia there, like,
1: I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, we didn't even mention Tolia and Tamar. I, I mean, Excellent. No notes. Yeah. 10 yeah. out of 10. Both 10 of out
0: of 10. Yeah. Amazing. They're both so good. Ugh.
2: Um, I loved having Tolia with the crows because, like, he both, he, like, fit well, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: I also liked Zoya being there too to like have those moments and conversations with Nina because like you um, are just kind of told in the Six Crows duology that Nina and Zoya like have a history like because Nina is a Grisha, like she obviously grew up in the little palace and like trained with Zoya but like you never see any of it. And at least mm-hmm. this gave them the opportunity to kind of like hash some of that out in a way that like the books just kind of want you to believe is there. Um, so I liked that yeah
2: it makes more sense that zoya would worry about nina and rule of wolves um when the time comes yeah 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 i loved i mean not enough zoya in the season in general for me but yeah loved Mm -hmm. getting her with the crows and i i did put like a bunch of stuff about like i loved the heist with sanctineer not just because of um the visions that part was really great but also kind of like that end with her relationship with her human husband who's aging much faster than she is and it mm-hmm. felt like Zoya being like why would you ever do that and I'm like girl you are going <laughs> to fall so hard for Nikolai and then like, what are you going to do you're going to feel the same way he's going to become your universe it's fine Um and also kind of like <laughs> we, mom,
3: lost Corinne. We, lost we lost Corinne, Corinne. <laughs> I love that like we're not <laughs> supposed to remind her that mirror
2: for both Goya and Nikolai yeah. and for Mal and Alina, too, with like Alina still having her powers. Um, as they talk about it and like it's worth it, that's what we see, like it's worth it, that's what makes a life. It's just like such a beautiful moment that really parallels well with them.
1: Yeah,
0: And go lay down now. <laughs> I said, um, yeah, yeah, um. I do, like, as much as I, like, love them coming in at the end, the crows, it's, like, very silly to me. That was very silly,
1: yeah. That's what I'm, uh, a lot of what I'm referencing when I'm just talking about, like, the, the kind of messiness of the last few episodes where it just kind of felt like they started just throwing everything into the pot and giving it a big mm-hmm. stir, and it felt like, a lot of it felt kind of goofy,
2: yeah, here are the crows. Here's Inej with the sword that cuts through shadow. As mm-hmm. much as I friggin' loved watching Inej cut through shadow monsters with this blade, and like, she's amazing. Yes, please give me more of her fighting with a sword. But
0: yeah, it felt it was a little silly. I did really like um, Jasper, though, having like a full on Grecian moment at
3: that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice and um, felt rewarding. Yeah. Um, the reveal that Cas like, Yeah, I've the whole time. Let's go use your powers. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, right. I guess we're just like, That's the tone we're, we're setting just, here. Just going through <laughs> it. Yeah.
1: Oh, um, man.
2: Which, and we didn't talk about like Jesper's vision with his mom. I found uh, really aww. moving.
1: Um, like, have so you seen fun. all those memes of like how everybody's having a terrible time, but like Jesper and Inej are like <laughs> having these really great moments? Yeah. Ugh. They deserve
3: it. The yeah. visions were such a smart way to like delve into the psyche of these characters and give us like such earned moments. Um, I still think there are some things lacking with like, I don't. I think it could be a lot clearer, the like slaver storyline with Inej. But mm-hmm. I would say I'd rather watch that than like what we got with her visions. But it was so nice to get that stuff with Jesper um, and especially if we get his like dad, <laughs> like, yeah. like showing oh, yeah. up later
0: yeah um i think i i think then too like you mentioned like the slayer stuff like very interested to see how an is going to tie back into things because that's like kind of one of the biggest questions at the end of rule of wolves is like she's off and we've had to like do a lot of um speculation as fans like when does she return to catterham like how often does she get to see like and you you get a little bit of that but like we have to fill in a lot of the gaps um um i have no doubt that she will obviously be back um but i'm just curious to see how they're gonna do it
1: yeah i wonder
2: if part of the way she comes back for the heist is if Van Eyck knows where her brother is and could use that as, like, part of the price, mm-hmm. like, for them to complete the heist, mm-hmm. that would give Inez a motivation to be there more than just, like, serving Santa Alina. Like, it would give her a personal stake.
0: Does Inez have a brother in the book? I don't remember. She has a family that she doesn't She's know staying. where they are. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I just think it's a really smart... Um... Adaptive choice to like have her have a brother and like Kaz have a brother and like be something that they have in mm. common. And when she's just when he finally tells her, like, you know, Pekka kill my brother, and she's like, then, we destroy, him? then yeah. we destroy him, yeah, like that's like mm-hmm. that's it. So, um, I like that element mm. of things a lot. I, if you had <laughs> like, you could have never, I would have never been able to guess that out of the season we have master. Malice- <laughs> like Tolia and Inez on the boat together going yeah. to find um, um,
2: do we need to talk about the Tolia Inej moment I don't want to talk
1: about
3: it <laughs> <laughs> I didn't That's see anything delivery. did you see anything <laughs>
1: I don't know I'm kind
0: of scared to say
3: he was helping I her on a boat
1: Yeah. it's
0: done Uh, yeah here is the thing i like i appreciate it from menege's perspective and i don't mind that like after the like i will have you without armor um moment that like she that the show chooses to linger on her like actually touching someone's hand at them that point in time it makes sense to me like why they did that i don't know what entirely to make of Tolia's look in response he's like looking at her he's never met her before as though they didn't go on this huge journey to yeah. shoot on together so I'm kind of yeah, like I yeah. don't
1: to me I'm it. reading it as like you know two hot people can be hot near each other and appreciate that and that's uh, a very natural thing it's not going to take away from any you know it, Tolia giving her a look is not going to make her suddenly decide she doesn't love Kaz anymore so it's it's fine
2: yeah I mean, I think Tolia is a little bit fascinated by Inej, even like in some of the scenes in Shuhan. I felt like that vibe was there when I rewatched it and they fight together really well and really similarly. Mm. Um, I could see them like ending up as really close friends and like fighting partners and having that sort of relationship. I don't necessarily think it will turn into like a romance. And I don't don't
1: see them doing it uh love triangle I also I don't see Tolia
3: as like any kind of real threat to no. Kaz and Edge at all a love triangle would never work between them because Kaz is never going to be jealous because he's going to be like this is what she wants and deserves yeah. and she doesn't deserve me so it'd be a very unbalanced triangle that doesn't work mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. one side is just like okay <laughs> like yeah. you guys like I, I'm gross and disgusting like, I'm dirty yeah. and like you belong like that's not interesting um i don't know i i really personally didn't like it i'm like irritated by it i don't think it needed to be in there um kazan and Edge have like enough problems like (laughs) you know without that um i don't like it um i did watch an interview with the showrunner or whoever the showrunner i don't know if it's gonna be the same one if they do the the crow spinoff the guy who was saying that we already have written the episodes and he was like i'm a huge kaz and an edge shipper we're gonna get an edge back right away she's a crow like don't worry basically like they're safe in my hands there was some drama with one of the writers on instagram she posted a picture of the actors and she made in the comment of of the alameda and i forgot the actor that played tolia and the my comment man? was mm-hmm. basically like sometimes skin on skin is better or something like very inappropriate (laughs) and there's like 400 comments on the picture from basically people being like wow like this is very gross like and she ended up changing it and like commenting on like a lot of people's comments being like no this is just not canon like this is just like a picture of like the actors but yeah um i think she's a director
2: not a writer so um yeah yeah i think she just doesn't
0: know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think too that there. I wouldn't hate if there was like one moment in one episode where, um, maybe there is some sort of interaction. I'm not saying like a kiss or something like that, but like something that leads to more um, discussion of Inej's trauma with Touch, because we don't really have a lot of that to this point, and like. If she's off on a boat with Tolia somewhere and like, I don't know, they like rush hands again or, or or something. And she like that is the catalyst for like the show telling us about her touch trauma. Yeah. Maybe we're yeah. not even gonna get that from the show. Um, but anyway, it just it it could happen and like I I will keep an open mind about that, yeah. I guess. Um so we'll see. Yeah, no, um, they're just the most compelling, fun part of the show. I love them. I love. I loved all the um, episode titles, like all season, but the Crows one was really, yeah. yeah.
1: Matthias off behind the window. <laughs> I know. I didn't even notice that the first
0: time. The cut off when Jess was like five, <laughs> five. Okay. Yeah. Um. Good stuff good stuff anything else we want to talk about everyone are we ready to like dive into some superlatives i'm ready for superlatives yeah let's go to superlatives yeah, right let's do it favorite quote aubrey you have the one that i was gonna say yes yeah,
1: same aubrey Take <laughs>
2: um i mean i put in here when nina calls Cas waffles it's yeah. like my favorite mm-hmm. moment but then the actual quotes are either uh My first husband, terrible marriage, adequate table, which is just,
1: yeah, that one's my favorite. That's my pick.
2: Um, And I was really glad that we get the Darkling saying the problem with wanting is that wanting makes us weak. You could tell that Ben got like all of the lines that he really felt like needed to be in there, in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Every time it happened, I was like, Leo pointing GIF like, there, (laughs) (laughs) I did it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would yeah the waffles moment was like my favorite of the season I just I I loved it so much it like just made me laugh aloud and is the one thing that sticks out to me um, other than like using book quotes in the show which were mm-hmm. I loved every instance of that Tasha, Jesse oh
1: no mine um, I'm yeah I'm piggybacking off right. of I'm just gonna co-sign Aubrey mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, all of mine are just like the book ones. Book the I'll have you without armor. Yeah, mm-hmm. kill me. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite character.
0: Um, I. It's so hard, <laughs> but I will say like, much like last season, Jasper was such a fun surprise to me. Um, I would say like I love Tolia and Tamara this season. Mm-hmm. Like, just I was riveted every moment that they were on screen they were all the
1: new cast mates killed it and like Mm -hmm. you know they've they've all talked about it in interviews and stuff like how hard it is to kind of come into an established group like that and all of them just man the casting the casting department on this show is just killing it
0: yeah and and jack wolf too
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah all the all the new ones this
1: this season did such a good job I'm so gonna um, go with Freddie,
3: <laughs> <laughs> dude. He, he was like, oh, he turned it up, crushed it. Yeah, um, he really did. Made a full meal of it. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Um, uh huh.
1: Um. I think arc for me goes to Inej, because um, I feel like she kind of completed some sort of like a you know reclamation of her of her agency in this season. Um, with the help of that like hallucination dream figuring out what she really wants from Kaz and whether he can give that to her and what she's willing to do. She just, it feels like she comes into her power a lot and um, makes decisions for herself and kind of stands by them. And I like that for her Um, character is (laughs) like, honestly, all the crows Tolia. um, but I guess I would probably go with Nina and Kaz are like my top two.
0: I um, mean, I would like the record to reflect that K- Teja has written in the notes. Kaz was so unhinged this season and that was very sexy of him. <laughs> <laughs> and by those words. And it's cracked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey. Um, okay.
2: I I think, our, I think like you said, it's Inej, but also guys it's so painful it to me to say that I think it might be Mal like
0: I would like the record to reflect that Aubrey has written <laughs> in the notes in parentheses after that statement ugh, ugh, ugh. I'll- okay, I'll-
1: <laughs> I just laughed when I read that i
2: was <laughs> just like what is the show doing to me like you took my least favorite character and you made me care way too much about him um <laughs> but I just think that that whole arc of like actually figuring out his place and then realizing he needs to go to come back um, and figure out who he is on his own is just really strong. Um, that conflict is so much richer, even like I didn't talk about this, but the scene he has with the darkling where he is in the vision with yeah, him good. and gets to like face off like a Archie and Ben are so good playing off of each other. Very great. But, you know, you get to see him be the one to face the darkly, not just like behind Alina. It gets to actually like talk to him about it, face the fact that they're, you know, cousins somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, I just thought they did a really good job with making him feel like an actual, fully developed, rich character yeah. and not just like a whiny brat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and character, I guys, I don't even know. Like, how do I choose? Yeah. I put like Nina and Nikolai and Tolia because I loved them. I mean, Nina is just like the best every moment. And other than the Anaj stuff, Tolia is
0: perfect. Just yeah. so great. Um, I didn't really say arc, but I, I'm gonna share in, in Jesse's thoughts and give it to Kaz because. I do think that they had a very clear trajectory for him this season, which was like, I'm going to choose revenge. And then he's going to realize that that's not enough. But then what he is, um, once he realizes that that's not enough, what he has to offer is not enough for a Where will he go from there? I don't know. We will see. (laughs) Um, and I, but I think that they like tee that up really well. And that's why I don't necessarily mind, um, like some of the peck stuff, because I I think it was just such a, a good trajectory for him to have this season. Um and I, I I would I would watch like ten seasons of like the like the inner workings of Kaz Brecker. Like he's just such mm-hmm. a fascinating character. So I like that he got like this uh partial arc or like mini arc within his large arc um to come. So yeah. Favorite swoon moment. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear. clear. Yeah. It's the bandaging moment. Yeah. yeah. Really good stuff. Oh it's my yeah. Just... Aubrey,
2: I think you noted another really good one. Yeah. I mean, the secondary is, I think, telling Jenya that who she is inside is steel. Yeah. It's like Hearing, I mean, just the fact that David is like being somewhat emotional, but talking about metal with her. It's a great line from the book. And it's just I, like Jenya, also swooned when he said <laughs> that to her.
0: Yeah. Um, I do want to reiterate the Wesper piano moment because I thought that I was like, oh my heart, mm-hmm. it is a pit of patter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um no, absolutely, Jasper uh, or Kate Young face acted yeah. the shit out of that moment. Sure did. So he sure. Good.
0: Did. Also, they were just like very clever in that scene. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, a nice
1: thing. Okay. I mean, it's kind of perfect to put those two like opposite a child in a scene. Just the way that they all kind of play off of each other. It's very cute. Yeah. It's very, very charming. Um, best adaptive choice. Aubrey, we'll start with you.
2: Um, I think finishing the trilogy, just getting that done, getting the Darkling stuff. This Darkling stuff taken care of yeah. um, was just really smart because as much as there's some like interesting things about power and stuff that they we don't get from the books that, you know, in the series, I still think it would have felt a lot more draggy if they'd taken it on. Um, and then I think I think actually the heist for the sword uh, was a good choice to like. Connect the crows to build that relationship with Zoya to build that like mirror like I t- talked about. Um, I think it was a smart way to kind of set up some of that for the future too, and at least to gave them something tied into the plot to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tasia. Uh yeah.
1: Um, best is definitely. I think burning through the rest of the Shadow and Bone trilogy in one season, um, just because if they if they don't get more seasons, then we got the completed storyline for those guys, and if they do get more seasons, then the world really opens up after that um, with more interesting stories. I think so. Oh uh, yeah,
0: Jesse.
3: Um. Yeah, I would just add not at least for now having Alina lose her powers. And having it be more of a story about her, like, battling, like, her inner, like, darkness versus the light, rather than just, like, giving it up all up. And then um, kind of piggybacking off of what Aubrey said, having Nikolai be the one to have hired the crows to find Alina and and tying in their stories that way, I just thought was really smart and led to a lot more fun intermixing of the crows Um which I didn't think we'd get. I kind of thought like, okay, like they're going to do the prison break and it's going to be separate. Mm -hmm. And even though we didn't get the prison break, we got um, some really cool, like rich stuff and got to see everybody interact, which I enjoyed.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't really have much more beyond um, what you guys said. I think you guys really nailed it. Um, I, I, one thing that I, when I was rewatching season one, um, I was like, oh yeah, I really appreciated this choice. And I felt it again in season two, which is which was making um Mal and Alina shoe. And I really liked how they continued that like thread through this season of them like feeling other and how that like kind of drew them together. Um I just thought it just was a really smart way to like run the world. Um and we already talked about it, but like I love the visions um, for the reasons we talked about. Um, yeah, worst adaptive choice. I'm just gonna say um, mine, which is the B list, Grisha, the darkling Grisha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
3: hated them. Goth Grisha.
0: Yeah. Let okay. Let I just would like to say I love a dark lip, and I resent the implication that if you're wearing a dark lip, you're evil. Just yeah. saying. Thank you
1: yeah it felt very um very kind of old school to have this like obviously cartoonishly evil character have like the heavy bang and the heavy eye makeup and the dark lip. Yeah.
2: and like where was um now I'm forgetting their names, but like Ivan, right? Yeah, oh. Ivan and
0: uh,
2: uh Moore. yeah no. I keep yes. his, yeah, I
0: looked at the guy's Instagram because I was curious about that too. And, like, I think it had something to do with, like, scheduling or something Mm -hmm. that they just, like, weren't, like, they apparently did do, like, costume fittings or something and then, like, weren't in it for reasons. But they hope that they will be back. Yeah.
2: Because I've seen, like, lots of pictures of them with Cal. And I was like, you're clearly hanging out. Why aren't you in this show? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But not hanging out while the show was filming, apparently. Um,
0: Yeah. That's a Um, good one, Corinne what else were adaptive choices friends
1: i think i mostly talked about mine during you know earlier just like the the pekka stuff um or the the not fully wrapping up the pekka stuff i should say i don't mind that they completed it just leaving him there to be a future threat is Mm -hmm. kind of annoying but um yeah mostly that and like the silliness of that last that last moment there but
0: yeah, Jessie, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, everything we've kind of talked about, and I guess not – like, there are some moments I just think could have been, like, mined more. I I honestly hadn't thought about it until you brought it up, Corinne, about just the Genya stuff and how that was such a missed opportunity, and it felt really shoehorned in, um, both in the book and in the show. And I think yeah. it actually would have been really fruitful to develop more – mention it (laughs) give it the space it needed or maybe just take it out because to just sort of throw it in didn't add a lot so and that's something that I hadn't even really thought of until you brought it up
0: like what uh, what about instead of having like cough cough I'm the darkling cough like you like have and I don't want to say like I wanted to see Jenny be victimized more but like see more of like what it's like to be under that sort of control um with a character that we know um and who isn't a supplicant like to him like the rest of the B less grisha are and like make it like feel you know show that evil side of the darkling in a way that like makes us care about it more um and well, it's very tell not show yeah exactly
3: But even, like, at the very end when the Triumvirate is meeting and Alina says, like, no white keftas or, like, no colored keftas, it's never really clear that Jenny is wearing a white one because she's not, like, she's not part of them, that she's othered. And that's never really explained. And, like, we know as book readers. And then to have that line it's like yeah like you shouldn't sort everybody into sex like that kind of makes sense but at the same time like jenya has an obvious preference because she was so other because of the kefta sorting so Mm -hmm. i like those are instances where it really could have been mined and shown that even within the grisha like there are these power discrepancies and it's never really made clear yeah yeah that's a great point
0: um yeah
2: anything else I think that's kind of it. I mean, I did have your like Killing David so early, which goes with the Jenya stuff. I mean, even knowing why they did it, it's still, I wish, I just wish it hadn't happened. I
0: don't don't think it was a great choice. Um, I think the last thing we want to do here is like touch on some other Easter eggs that we might not have mentioned yet here. Um, We talked about Zoya's comment about like her love for her. Um, Nair's love for her mortal husband. Hmm.
3: The bee. The bee. <laughs> the bee. <laughs> the bee.
0: bee. Yep. Um, yeah. Big uh, king of scars and rule of wolves foreshadowing there. Um, who wrote this comment? This is an interesting one about Matthias. I think it oh, was I- all Aubrey.
2: Yeah. So yeah, at the end in the present, you have Matthias like drawing the tree and it just really seems like he's recommitting to his religious beliefs to gel so he can still like struggle with those prejudices that it seemed like he potentially put behind him about Nina um but it's very clear that he had still in love with her in this so I think that's a good like foreshadowing and setting up
1: it's a nice way to
2: that was a good back.
1: moment at the end because yeah that fight after that um with the wolves and like mm-hmm. you see that kind of like solidifies his recommitment to gel but then he sees Nina and you can see like in, in the way he like, you know, calls back or whatever to her, that he does definitely still have feelings for her. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't love that he was in prison the whole time, but I think that sort of like making that struggle, which otherwise I feel like maybe you would have felt like he was already passed at the end of season one, um, come to the forefront. will be good if they get the spin off and he has to kind of like go through all of that again.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did it, friends. We, talked we did about it. Another season of Shadow and Bone. Man, I really hope we get more. Mm.
3: Hopefully we have a crow spin-off to talk about. Uh, yeah. I would
0: love it. I would love it so much. I'm gonna go stream this again. Um right I'm after. I'm gonna this. like tweet. I'm gonna be so yeah. annoying. I tweeted what <laughs> I like tweet once a year and I tweeted yeah. about this. Um
1: but it's time to go brush off the old Twitter account.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah apparently netflix cares a lot about twitter friends so uh tweet 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 um about shadow and bones so we can get that crow spinoff off uh, show of my dreams um aubrey and jesse thank you for joining us for our uh return to the old <laughs> the old podcast feed um <laughs> couldn't have done it without you uh our reach reverse pals uh thanks so much thanks for having us so much fun yeah <laughs> would you like to tell our listeners where they can connect with you online
3: yes <laughs> come look at me on my bookstagram that i still run occasionally uh, i'm at book jesse is better and i talk about books yay she sure does guys
2: i'm i mean i'm on instagram as ops bobs and sometimes i talk about books and a lot of times it's pictures from soccer games so uh do <laughs> you enjoy that come along um and i am on story graph if you know you wanted to find me there um i think also Obsbobs, bobs so typically pretty easy to find asia where are you at these days
1: um i am i don't even know i'm barely <laughs> anywhere but i guess i guess um instagram at rage cakes <laughs> Just
0: mean I'm not very active on my socials. Yeah, same. Um, I technically have Rin underscore reads. It's there still. I do occasionally check my DMs. So, yo. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we and we have our um Act Age Instagram. Just yeah, Act Age <laughs> might actually get a little bit of action this
3: week.
0: So, yeah. So you know. um, that's still the best place to uh check in for us other than subscribing. Um to see if we uh come back again soon to do this cuz you know i did have a lot of fun we do have um a certain book that we really do need to cover given that the the series was the impetus for the podcast some um, a little book called gray oh, warren yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talk about that at some point. We really need to come back we, for Drayward. We,
1: will we be should do Solan Air too
0: because we did all of the of the air. So Yes. And we should do Blood Marks because we did lunch and board. We have things yes. that we will cover. There is a list. Maybe some we might get to it one day. <laughs> someday. <laughs> um but in the meantime, check us out online. Just an email at afterh at gmail.com and like I mean, I know we're not really here as much anymore, but if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing us, um, on Apple podcasts or wherever you podcast, we would appreciate that. Um, again, friends, thanks again for joining us. Um, if you're here listening, thank you so much for listening, uh, to us and we'll hopefully see you soon. Bye. Bye.